Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Hall, and I'm here today with with Marsha, and we are going to be talking about support today. But first, I'm going to remind you that on um, on our uh, web on the Facebook pages. I'm sorry, on the Facebook pages, we still have the Redwood T-shirts. We put it up again because we had people asking about them. So we still have the Redwood T-shirts, and that money is going towards the production of FT Darn brochures, and that's the brochure that talks all about what FTD is and all the symptoms. And if you want those, please send an email to F-T-D-A-R-N, F-T-Darn, brochures at yahoo.com and put your name and address and how many you want up to 20 and we will get them out to you for you to pass out in your neighborhood because the T-shirts the first time paid for a second printing, so we have them available. Also, don't forget about our 2019 FTD calendar. It is great this year. Uh, Marsha has hers, mm-hmm. and her husband yep. looks at it every day. So it's a it's a great little great calendar, and everybody in it has FTD, and their families are having fun. And it's a positive, uplifting calendar. And you can get those mm-hmm. at the online store at org, and go to the online store, and you can purchase them with a credit card. I also will be posting a, a form that you could fill out and mail to me if you'd rather do a check. So either way... Those are the three things I'd I'd like you to kind of take a look at, and we're not going to waste any more time. Today we're going to be talking about the fact that a lot of times we hear over and over how everyone has abandoned you after diagnosis. And Marsha and I kind of want to talk about how we fill those gaps because I I think people don't think outside the box enough. And Marsha's going to start out with a reading about a psychological family by Pauline Boss. And you all know that I love Pauline Boss, love her books, thinks she gives wonderful advice. So we're going to start out here and let Marsha read about from Pauline Boss. Go ahead, Marsha. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is an excerpt from Pauline Boss's book, Loving Someone Who Has Dementia. I highly recommend the book. Her last name is spelled B-O-S-S, just like that person who employs you, Pauline Boss. This is in her book. Um, She introduces a concept called the psychological family. And I wanted to talk about this with this topic today. Here's part of a quote from the book. When someone you love has dementia, the players in your family may be reluctant and without empathy. Some may live far away and don't see the urgency of the situation. Others live nearer by, but assume that a designated family member will do the caring work. I would also add some are processing their own loss and grief, and they attempt to protect themselves. That's my little editorial comment. But here's the headline from Pauline Boss, quote, if you don't have a family that can help you, I am giving you a license to make one up. So that's the idea that um, Sharon and I want to explore a little bit today. What do we mean by psychological family? How do you find one? How do you make one? How do you recognize one when it presents itself to you? Um, Pauline Boss goes on with this one statement. In therapy sessions, when I ask people who their psychological family is, 
they often have the answer at their fingertips. They know right away who's in and who's out. The question is, quoting her again, who is acting like family to ease your load? Who is there when you need help? You need to know who has your back. And if biological family members are unwilling or too far away, seek support elsewhere. One more important quote from her, it's not always who you think it is. That's the intro, Sharon. Yeah, and, and I think those are very, very, very wise words. And I agree with, uh, with Marsha. You definitely should read Loving Someone Who Has Dementia. It's a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful book. But I'm going to talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of people, there are people, all of you have seen on Facebook, there are people that have tremendous support from their family and their extended family and both sides of the family, and their friends are still with them, and everybody pitches in. That's what you call the gold standard. But (laughs) there are very few of us that have the gold standard. It's just like money. There are some people that are millionaires. But there are also people that work for a living, work hard, don't have a million dollars, but still have a really good life, but they've had to give some things up and they've had to substitute other things. So that's kind of like the silver. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think you easily make yourself silver if you keep an open mind, an open heart, and you ask for things. So I oftentimes see people that say, I have absolutely no one. I, I firmly believe that no one has no one. If you've made a choice to have no one because you haven't asked for anyone else to enter your life. And that's not saying anything bad about somebody that does that. They just aren't thinking outside the box. They're thinking that family takes care of family, and if they're not here, mm-hmm. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, Mark? Yes. If I could just share uh, some particulars about my life that might be helpful. We have two children. They both 100% love us. They 100% care. One of my children lives 1,000 miles away. Now, that puts some limitations on what he and his wife are able to do at this point. They can't, for example, stop by and see us every day. They can't come have dinner with us once a week. It's just a cannot. Um, Then we live in the same town with my daughter, and I want to mention we're the ones that moved to her. We didn't expect her to be able to travel the six or seven hours to see us all the time. We said, let's make this easier. Let's come live where you live. And that was adjustments for all of us. She and her husband are both employed. There is a limitation right there. They cannot be at our, um, they cannot instantly respond to us. So love, I guess I want to say love doesn't always have anything to do with it. It has to do with circumstances and life circumstances. We also, in the midst of moving to where our daughter is, moved away from the friends we had had for 30 years. So there's another limitation. I don't have in-person contact with those friends on a regular basis anymore. So that's the reality. So then the question is, what, what to do? How do we form a psychological family? And one of the principles I would want to mention is that you don't expect every person to meet every need. So um, I'll give an example. I don't expect my children to be my therapist. I have a therapist. I also have a couple of volunteers who come by and see Tom. One takes a walk with him. 
gives, gives him physical activity. Another person is a more friendship, more emotional, more bonded kind of support to him. I have a day program that helps us. Um, and many of these people that I'm mentioning have become what we would call psychological family, meaning emotionally it feels like as close a relationship or bordering on it as a family member, a brother more than a friend is what some of these relationships feel like. Uh, Sharon, you want to mention more about Caleb and then I can give another example too? Yes. Um, uh, Caleb, uh, uh, most of you know that uh, Rod loves the garden and he was not capable of handling the garden as FTD has progressed. And so I decided that he still needed to be in the garden. And so I, I looked on next door and I found somebody who said their son was looking for some yard work and contacted her. And to make a long story short, Caleb has become our grandson. I feel mm-hmm. the same about him as I would a, a natural grandson. I, I send him cookies. He's away at school. I send him cookies. <laughs> I mean, he is, for all intents and purposes, he is my grandson. And he feels the same about us. This is a person we met on next door that we mm-hmm. hire. And he is now a integral part of our family. So, you know, I think I think the point that we that both of us want to make to you is that you need to fill in the gaps no matter how they occurred. You need to fill in the gaps. And I know that a lot of resentment comes up when people don't accept the diagnosis that they think that you're making things up. Yes. That's difficult to handle. But let it go because you Holding on to that and expecting them to be there is only detrimental to you. They don't mm-hmm. care if it's detrimental. It's detrimental to you. So make your life easy and learn to let things go because there are people in the world that will replace those people. Believe me. And Mars going to give you another example. I will. If you uh, were with us for our previous podcast, I told the story of Bob, who came into our lives through the process of he was snow blowing our driveway in the winter. But he began to interact with my husband, and he had this way about him of making a particular eye contact and conversation with my husband more than me, almost like he was ignoring me, I want to say, to a degree. And at first I thought, is this because he's just, you know, uncomfortable dealing with me about the snow blowing rather than so-called the man of the house, you know. (laughs) But as time went on, it wasn't that. It was that he had a genuine, genuine interest in Tom. So we met Bob, I think, in maybe December of last year through the snow blowing. It's now 10 months later. And I want to read you the text that I got from Bob this morning just in case you want to know how do you recognize psychological family when the person comes into your life. He has sent me similar texts before. This is just the one from this morning. He sent it at 6.22 a.m. Here we go. I'm going to try to get through this. Good morning. I know it's early, but I woke up with Tom on my mind. I want you to know that I intend on being with Tom, seeing him through, 
until his disease takes him. I don't mean for that to sound negative for Tom, but positive as a friend. That is psychological family, all. I thanked him profusely, and he texted back, no, not at all. I'm the one thankful for Tom. He does a lot for me and my life. That's another aspect I want to mention. When Caleb came into Rod and Sharon and her mother's life, they came into his life as well. And there's an enrichment in these relationships. Our life is richer from knowing Bob. And what he tried to express this morning is that his life is richer for knowing us or Tom. And so I guess we just want to encourage you that through both of our stories that these people exist in the world and are there to become a part of your psychological family where sometimes your biological family, they'll still be your biological family. You love them. They love you. But don't overlook adding other people to your life. Is that the overall message we're giving, Sharon? Be open to adding people to your life. Yeah, that's what we um, want you to know, that don't, You've got to think outside of the box. And these people that come into your life during this time will be with you forever. I mm-hmm. I would can envision myself going to Caleb's wedding and and um, seeing his children. And I, I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine him being out of our life at any point in time. Uh, he he went away to school. That was that's a whole other subject. But he comes home now. He'll be coming home on weekends. And his mother keeps me up to date as though I were a family member. When she mm-hmm. texts pictures of him, she includes me in her family text. Mm-hmm. Don't overlook these people. Open your heart. And I think we sometimes find ourselves depressed over people that we thought we could rely on who don't live up to our expectation, but it's your expectation and not theirs. Let it go. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Someone will come to you to fill that place. So I think if we get anything through to you today, that's the message. And mm-hmm. I want to move on to something that, that Mar has talked about that she and I have talked about, and I, I heard this on a, a webinar, about a care circle. And I think it's enormously important for you to sit down and do this on a piece of paper, just on a scrap piece of paper, and keep it where it's available to you so you can think about things and add it. And that inside little circle is you, that very little circle in the middle. That's you and your family and the person that has FTD. You're there in that little tiny middle, the people that live with you 24-7. Then that next circle are those people that if your world fell apart today, they could be counted on to rescue you. So... Mm -hmm. My case. That's my son and daughter-in-law. If the and my children as well. I want to be sure I say that my children as well, one hundred percent. And when I broke my leg, boom, they were there, and Mm -hmm. I mean instantly they were there. 
And so that's that's my circle. That's my little tiny circle. Well, then I go out from that. And out from that are my friends like Mar. Mar and I talk almost every day. If we're not talking, we're texting. Because Mar, I started this journey with Mar. She was the person that posted it is what it is. We have become family. We have become Mm -hmm. sisters. There's just no other way to look at it. Mar and I are sisters. And yes, it started with FTD, but it's grown into a relationship. And understand that every relationship you cultivate, you have a responsibility in. So this is not just people coming in and rescuing you. Go out and look for those people who you can identify with and bring into your circle of care. So they may be they may start out on the outer ring like you would have your your doctors and your you know professional people. They may start out there, but as you get to know them they might move in to that ring. So also mm-hmm. when you look at this circle of care don't eliminate the fact that somebody that's in an outer ring could become someone in that very closest ring, just like Bob has become to Marsha and Tom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He started out in that way outside ring. This is the guy that blows the snow out of our driveway. You can't get any further away from mm-hmm. a, a center of a care circle than that. Now mm-hmm. I would say that Bob is in that next circle beyond Mars family. Yes, you're explaining this so well, Sharon. So, so, so well. I think that's what you need to think about. And and I, I, my heart goes out to those of you that feel abandoned. I get it. I have a brother. I, my mother has lived up here for six years. He's never been here. So, you know, I get it. I get that he's not part of my inner circle. He's still my family. We still talk when he calls, but he's certainly not part of my heart in a way that he is. He's my family, but certainly not in this journey. In this journey, he's not even Mm -hmm. in the second tier. He may be the third tier. So understand that I I had to let that go. I don't dwell Mm -hmm. on I don't talk about how bad he is every day. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's his choice. He has chosen to do what he's doing. And who am I to say that it's right or wrong? That's not my place. He doesn't have any obligation to me. My son doesn't even have an obligation to me. There's no Mm -hmm. obligation in family. It's a relationship, and each person has to give what they have to give. Make sense? Yes, if I could give just a couple more examples of um, just things as as uh, I knew this podcast was approaching today, a couple things that just popped into my head. Back to the topic of don't expect every person to meet every need. So here's an example. I have a friend who lives in the, the city that we moved away from a year ago who has absolutely devoted herself to praying for me. Now that's one uh, I don't know what you'd call it, one uh, one aspect of our relationship, that she has said, I'm committing myself to you in this. 
And we don't talk super often. I text her when there's something going on, and she'll text me saying, um, how is such and such coming along? Something that I've mentioned to her that I know she's praying about, I know she's sharing back with me. That may or may not be a part of your faith orientation, but I'm giving it to you as an example of, would you be willing to say to a friend, if prayer is important to you, would you be willing to be a person who would be praying for me? And if that isn't a part of your faith orientation, maybe you want to say to somebody, pick five friends and say, would you be willing to, to be thinking about me on Monday? Would you be willing to be thinking about me on Tuesday? Would you be willing to be thinking about me on Wednesday? See how you might be initiating to the person. I would appreciate this kind of support. Would you be willing to do that for me? It's a very practical thing she can do from far away, and it enriches her life. It enriches mine. I have another friend or two that we FaceTime over the computer because they live far away. Um, that would be another example of arranging something to happen on a regular basis with somebody. My son and his wife, who live in a 1,000 miles away I mentioned, they have committed themselves to FaceTiming with us on Sundays usually, sometimes Saturdays. And they and their little boy, we have a visit every week that way that feels it's not face-to-face, but it's the next best thing. And they are doing that, and it's very meaningful. And another thing our daughter-in-law does, she gifted us last Christmas a lamp that changes color when you touch it. So I touch my lamp, it turns pale green. She has a lamp. When she touches hers, it turns pink. Now here's the great part. These lamps are connected through the internet. Um, If you want to look it up online, it's called a filimin lamp, F-I-L-I-M-I-N. Our daughter-in-law sends me pink light many, 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 many times through the day. And I wish I could express to you, she's a thousand miles away. Look what she's doing for me. Five or six times a day, I get this light that says, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. (laughs) And I send back my green light saying, I am thinking about you too and love you guys. And that little lamp has, has just been a powerful thing. So again, thinking outside the box and just being open and receptive to all the things that may come along to help you form your psychological family or your care map, however you choose or prefer to think of it. Any more examples, Sharon? Well, I also want to say that there, I mean, you know, Mar and I think we're very special. <laughs> but <laughs> Speak for yourself, Sharon. No, yeah, okay. really. We're just STD care partners. This came on us just like it came on you, out of the blue, left field, disruptive lives, all the chaos that comes with it, it has come to us too. But you have to get yourself out of that. You must look for your psychological family. There's nothing unique about Marsha and I that we're just people. We're just people that have been dealt the same hand as you have. And Mm -hmm. we decided that we're not going to let this take us down. We are going to find what we need, even if we have to drag people in by their, by their fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what happens. And, you know, we have people you all know that in the neighborhood, you know, we have 
We have a wonderful neighborhood. And two weeks ago, they decided that my husband is a huge Alabama football fan. They got together Mm -hmm. the entire neighborhood. They put the TV outside. Everybody brought a dish. All the little kids were there playing while we were watching the game. And it was all about Rod. They wanted to give something to Rod that he enjoyed. So these are just neighbors, uh, just like you have neighbors. So don't discount the fact that these people in your life want to be there. Ask Mm -hmm. them for help. If they say no, don't resent it. Just imagine it like, well, they don't have the skills. I'll find somebody that does. Mm-hmm. So if we leave you with anything today, we want you to know that Marsha and I have sat in the dark place. We have mm-hmm. cried our eyes out. We have gone off the deep end just like you. But the difference might be that we said, I'm not staying here. I can't stay here. If I stay here, I'm done. And we decided that there's got to be a way to make our life better. And that's what we did. So you have that in you too. Everyone has it in them. No one is exempt. You have it in you. All you have to do is reach out. And that's what I'm going to implore you to do. Reach out. It's like with the brochures. If you get brochures, hand them out. And you might say, oh, my husband doesn't want anybody to know that he has FTD. Okay, if you're in the grocery store and he's not with you, guess what? You can reach out. He's not there. Mm -hmm. You can hand a brochure to somebody. He's never going to know. But you know. You live with it every day. You know he has FTD. And that's our obligation to reach out, to show people what we are doing, to show people what the disease is, And you might be surprised. That person behind you in the grocery store might say to you, oh, my goodness, my uncle has this. And I didn't know that, you know, this is You'd be surprised what comes out of people's mouths when you share. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just pull yourself up and go out there and share. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a little. And I want to. I'm sorry. I want to be encouraging, too, that we are. five years into this journey, I wasn't as quick out of the gate as Sharon, for sure, to be willing to be open with people, to let them know what's going on. It's a very, very slow process for me. But I hope that the stories that we're sharing today give you hope. The story Sharon just shared of her neighborhood throwing a party for Rod, a surprise party, to watch his favorite football team, it gives gives me goosebumps. To just know and be encouraged that there are people in this world who care and are hoping for an opportunity to care about you. Um, I, I'm going to do my care map today that Sharon described because I haven't done it yet. And I think if you do that also, your eyes will be open to the people that are already there also. Um, like Pauline Boss said, when she asks people who their psychological family is, they can usually answer it. So there's one just little exercise. You could even close your eyes and think of a person who makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, that you just know they love you. 
and start writing down names. And if they're far away and you haven't heard from them in a while, maybe it's one of your elderly aunts, or then get in touch with them. Write them a note. Call them. See how they're doing. You might find it necessary to reconnect with people that are already in your life, that maybe life has just, you know, made time or space come between you somehow. Reconnect. Favorite teacher. Anybody that you can think of that you know really, really cares about you. And do that step of reconnection. We know as 24-7 caregivers, I'm a 24-7 caregiver, right, because Tom can't be on his own. But that doesn't mean I don't have time in my day to write a note to someone or call someone or reconnect with someone, a cousin, a friend, um, an old high school friend. Just really let your mind wander on who the special people are in your life. And I think your life and theirs will be enriched. They will be happy to hear from you. That teacher will love knowing that they were significant in your life. So kind of think that way too. When you're reaching out, it doesn't have to be reaching out to a stranger. It might be reaching out to somebody you already know. I think that's it, Sharon. Yep, and uh, we're down we're down <laughs> to the almost the end here. And so what we want to have you take away, we hope you got your Kleenex out as we were talking because these are touching, <laughs> these are touching moments in our life. And I mm-hmm. think about about Caleb being in our life, how he has touched us. And mm-hmm. it brings tears to my eyes that the the neighborhood organized this party. It brings tears to my eyes and joy to my heart. And mm-hmm. there for you as well. So don't forget this. I hope we made you cry. I hope we made you think. Mm-hmm. I hope you sit down today and do your care and know that you are valuable to someone and you need mm-hmm. to find so you all have a wonderful day. I hope this was beneficial to you. We'll uh, we'll not meet next month because it will be Thanksgiving Day, and we hope you all have a wonderful time on Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you on Facebook. And buy a shirt. And buy a calendar. And ask for mm-hmm. brochures. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.